Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tech Talk, a podcast where Amit and I talk about all things tech, about all kinds of topics and its impact on our society. Today is a special episode. We have a guest here with us, um, Porush. Thank you for joining with us. Porush is the founder of a very popular website uh, called Sports Kira. Uh, it's a website that uh, started as a blog, but, a blog, uh, but then expanded into uh, so much more. And everything about sports is covered on all kinds of sports in that website. And uh, it has gained popularity over many years now, and it is a proper established uh, and well-known website for the fans. And Porash has had the initial idea to found it and then also had the journey to bring it from uh, beginning to an established uh, website. Thank you, for Porash, again for joining us today to talk to us. Uh, we are actually quite excited to understand your journey and uh, all the challenges that you faced, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, I'll let you introduce yourself, Porash, uh, to the audience. Thanks, thanks, Rinder. Thanks for the great introduction. Uh, so uh, you know, I was an ordinary bloke who was really what do you say aspirational uh, my father has always been a businessman and i always wanted to be doing some business when i do when i was doing my mba in 2008-10 during in bangalore and i think that was the prime time uh, of startups like the whole startup culture was kind of coming along in bangalore and i was you know aspirational enough to go out and meet a lot of entrepreneurs in bangalore did some internships uh, and I was like really inspired. I wanted to do something and then, you know, I didn't want to go for a job. So I had created like a worst case scenario for me. Like I have an Infosys two years, I have an MBA. If I just give two years to my startup, you know, what, what maximum bad can go. So I, I just created, I said, I have, I have two years for my, myself. Let me see if I can do something. And, uh, it was, you know, uh, a very emotional decision. You can say. It's not that, you know, I really, really knew that a sports website will become a thousand crore business that it is right now, as in the run rate AR is around 120 CR, valuation is around thousand crore for now. Uh, it was more that I, what can I do that time? And what's a space that's not been occupied already? Uh, so during 2009, when I started Sports Kira, uh, we had like a lot of India has always been a cricket nation and it still is no denying that, uh, but there was really literally no space for the sports. Uh, even like I had seen leading websites during that time had a cricket tab. They never had an all sports tab. And I said, you don't know someone, yeah, the, India is huge and India always, you know, follows the West. It used to be like five to 10 years behind the West that time. I don't say that anymore. I don't think we are. Uh, but I, I, I took a punt that India will become a multi-sport nation soon. And uh, there has to be someone, you know, uh, doing a multi-sport website for India. I'm so sorry. I just mute my phone. Uh, that someone has to be doing the all multi-sport website for India. Someone has to create the all the biggest sport site in India. And since in 2009, there was no one trying to do that. There were a few attempts, but not, I think, something that can really become huge. So uh, I kind of said, okay, this is what I have going to do. I know the initial steps. Because 
I used to create websites for people on the time, like to just to learn stuff, uh, make some money also. And uh, I said, okay, WordPress is a great tool. So I'm coming to the tech now because uh, if you if you if you don't uh, hold me, I'll just go to the entrepreneurial and the business part. No, no, no that's fine. That's yeah, fine. sure, sure. <laughs> right. no, no. So, so you know, I I know. WordPress. I I used to be a bit of. I'm 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 not a computer science graduate, but I know uh, PHP, C plus plus. I used to be able to hack few things here and there, so I was able to, you know, uh, create a WordPress, show it as like a website, get a lot of bloggers in, uh, and I had no money. I had only a, a lot of uh, aspirations and passion that time. But I was what I was we were able to do is. create a pool of like 200 writers who were like just writing for fun and that was done in like 3 to 5 months you know the speed of execution was pretty good and so the whole tech earlier was about wordpress plugins hacking some wordpress plugins php and hacking the front end so that it looks like doesn't look like a blog but looks like a website with lot of authors you know established media brand uh you you know you fake it till make it uh, that that's how it was uh i'll give you a few anecdotes as i used to have like 20 email ids and all were pointing to my id <laughs> so, so i did all that right uh, so people used to feel like they have a hockey department they have a tennis department they have this and uh, it was all polished and running it at the end from behind but it was fun days as in uh i used to really uh, look at the change the design a lot on the home page create new plugins you know new interactive features whatever i can do with php wordpress and plugins and a lot of free stuff is there thanks to matt who's the founder of wordpress you know i think i really owe him a big <laughs> one because without wordpress i'm not i don't think there would there would have been a sports kidder uh so yeah i think that was the starting and then uh, a huge you know journey came in as in when we i got investors i got angel investors i uh, then we got a vc investor in sports kida uh, then a lot of corporate culture came into the company which took me some time to really understand uh, you know what is an hr everyone knows an hr but really running an hr hiring people it's a nightmare so <laughs> on the other side of the table it is always a nightmare so yeah i've been through a lot of learnings have been there uh, it'll be great if you can you know we can Have a transition. <laughs> no, I yes, thought I, I thought speak, I can speak for ten hours right now. Direct one no, year, no. one one hour for every year. Then I can. <laughs> no, so uh, so we uh, so you you got the idea. You started it, and then you thought about okay, pulling in all the writers, and then uh, using WordPress. So WordPress, I think uh, Rinath also uses WordPress for his own website. I know a lot of people who use WordPress. WordPress is a great technology. It's completely open source, and people can build. A lot of websites on that. So then uh, you st- you started the blog. What about hosting and what about uh, the other challenges where that it comes? And uh, I mean, you you decided to set up uh, something like a blog. So you need uh, constant articles. So did you have a schedule in mind? Uh, how frequently were you publishing? And how, because because the thing is, uh, attention and uh, latest updates are big things, right? So if you don't get regular upda- updates, people start losing interest. So you. You, even if you have 200 pool of writers you need to constantly get those articles in and get and and chase people to get those articles out plus you're focusing on multiple sports so 
that means uh, I'm I'm guessing football is a big thing because people follow English yeah. Premier League, Champions League. Formula One is huge. I know when we were in college. uh we used to follow formula 1 quite a lot and then there are other indian sports like hockey kabaddi badminton uh tennis uh because of uh, other sports people so how were you uh trying to get hold of all these sports and all these authors and then trying to publish articles on a regular basis because that must be a challenge as well right yeah yeah so see uh earlier for the first 2 3 years Uh, we always had like a minimum quality standard that we only want to invite really great good bloggers who have something to contribute people really want to read them apart from that we were really really open so if someone wants to write on any random sport which has a, uh, which has an audience we were like open arms for them and uh, someone used to mail me that there is no category for uh, frisbee and they okay don't worry give, give me 10 minutes we we are open for an article on frisbee so earlier it was uh, for the first two years it was really not a focused approach the focus was that we are the we are we are the largest indian sports website we are promoting sports in india uh, that also we kind of changed after two years and anything with good quality english with good information with you know some insights which is not available on any uh, blog uh we were we were we were happy to get them uh and we were just focusing on how many writers active writers can we have and once we have a even an article on a, f- a game of a frisbee you know the next thing for us was to deliver reads for them because in bible that writer write again if he is not getting because we always had like a read count on the each article and our promise to them was you know if you are getting like 100 reads on your blog you will get 1000 here on sports kida because it's a it's a site with a lot of uh, popularity uh, good seo and everything so yeah first two years i'll admit there was no focus uh, but then once we got the vc funding it was exactly two years as in 2011 november is something where we got the funding and then we kind of sat down as it is we cannot just be open to everything and we need to really focus on few sports which will become like uh, businesses for us and will become popular and will will create destination and a lot of users will come there so we kind of chose uh, football wrestling and i'll tell you why wrestling uh, then football wrestling cricket obviously if you are in india uh, all indian sports was created in one bucket because uh, the kind of popularity were less if you look at audience sports you know uh, indian athletics still are like they it has its poles during every olympic or an asian game but then uh, generally people are not really searching for athletics so yeah we focused on the games like we were really big on football earlier so uh, once we got funding then we had like separate teams for the specific sport that we really were focusing on Okay. I hope I've answered you. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, to be honest, I grew up in South Asia in Bangladesh and cricket has always been in that part of the world cricket is is like a religion. I mean, everyone is so crazy about it. I I remember when I was growing up there was uh, one website I used to follow is Crick Info. Um and um, how is that is that is is sports gear similar to that kind of website and is that a competitor of yours or yes it- yes They're definitely we are competing with cricket info uh, with all due respect to cricket info as in uh, so we, our cricket department obviously uh, mm-hmm. you know is it's a competition to them we our sales team is always in 
competition with them like when they are be getting uh, advertising orders uh, so yeah so i think crick info and crick buzz if you okay <laughs> so so crick info started like hats off to crick info they started kind of scoring cricket on internet when even you know before the browsers yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> they have huge history uh, and they they like right now the positioning of crick info is kind of like very uh, it's very desktop oriented crickers mm. has really cracked the mobile game and uh, right. sports kid kind of focuses on the you know the new generation we have a we 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 had a hindi commentary way back a hindi section way back uh, more energetic social media kind of commentary we do so that's like the three i think you can say the different positioning uh crickers right. is very mobile centric uh cricket info uh, very kind of elitist kind of and desktop uh, with the focus on really great they have really great writers uh, i'll admit and sports kid is more social you know more uh, what do you say the masi kind of uh, tone to it so uh, th- this is interesting porish i mean you you started the journey and you have all these competitors now and you had a blogging idea now i'm thinking how do you monetize a blog like uh, you got vc funding after 2 years and just based on okay lot uh, there are good authors they are writing some good articles and there is a lot of viewership but then how do you make money from it because uh, i mean uh, uh, facebook is trying to do the same thing with facebook posts instagram twitter people people are there so, and, but they so, have to figure out a way to make money yeah so see it. i mean when you do a blog and you get like 10000 visits a month uh frankly it won't make you much money exactly. unless it's a very it's a exactly. very very niche uh, subject and you yes. have an affiliate network yes. it won't make you money but right now supposed to get 80 million users a month yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and they they visit the site multiple times so when you have that right and you are able to uh, uh, you know become the largest or one of the largest sports site in any specific geo uh then you can have a sales team you can go out talk to the advertisers you know obviously when you spoke about sports site then you nike adidas will come to your mind directly so we we have gone there we have gone got a lot of business from them uh then even your uh how do you blog monetize an uh blog uh, directly in adsense comes to the mind you yes. just plug in ad, adsense ads yes. right so that's the level of one of monetization uh, and that's automatic like it's called programmatic monetization where you are not selling the ads google is selling the ads but they are giving you a proportion of the revenue because the ad was displayed on your site on your blog right so that is level one of monetization uh when you start getting a lot of traffic on your website a lot of audience on the website then you start moving up you start having your own ad server then you start uh, selling programmatic and direct then in programmatic apart from only google there are different uh, other ad networks or uh, rtbs many uh, terminologies are there i'll not get into ad tech right now yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but then there's a whole ad stack that comes into place uh, so when right now when a single when you open sports kid an ad is displayed so there is real time bidding on 20 different bidders uh dip, like google pubmatic iron so so many other different bidders are there and they have right cookies right so they know that okay this hit came from someone who likes this and this it came from uk and everything and there'll be 20 different bidders bidding for that space and the highest bidder will get that will display the ad and we'll bill him right 
So real-time bidding is a huge ad technology. A lot of other, every other, any ad run media site runs on that. And it's not bad business. Last year we did 120 crores fourth grade on annual ARR is 120 CR. Uh, 97 98% of it is advertising based okay okay so you're you're like google so they give everything out for free but uh, most of their revenue comes from ad yeah. i mean not as big as google but i'm just talking about uh-huh, the revenue exactly. side from the revenue side uh, <laughs> the model yeah, yeah the model so uh, another another question i wanted to ask is like initially you started with a desktop website so over a period of time you would have seen that a lot of youngsters are now like even in college we started getting uh, phones uh, uh, iPhone was launched in 2007 so and your site was launched in 2009 2011 you got yeah I, I saw the transition it was very fast because yeah. when I launched the site in 2009 I remember there was a time when 70 to 80 percent uh, traction was from desktop to this time where 85 to 90 percent is mobile yes so I've exactly. seen the whole transition very fast so, and, and when did you take the decision like, okay, you should sh- now shift to mobile? And I think that's... Actually, I was, I'll, I'll, I'll admit I was late. Uh, Buzz was really, they knew the trend and they knew. So, they, the first best, I think, cricket app on the Play Store. And I think Play Store launched in 2006 and 2007. I think the best cricket app was Buzz, And they've still been there that. that in 2030, 2023, you know it's still the best cricket app. So, and that's why they've captured the market. Sports Kira, we launched our mobile app. Our website became mobile friendly by 2012, 13, I think, or before that itself. It was always mobile friendly, but really, really mobile friendly by 2012. And 2014, we launched our app, uh, but we were late. If It's kind of, I think the cricket market is like one, the leader kind of uh, takes the biggest pie very easily but i think uh, being a new site uh, does app have a value like i have i i read bbc here in the uk and uh, yes yes you are you are right uh, news uh, if any only a news site wants to make their app popular it's very difficult, very difficult. few aggregators have been popular uh, on mobile app uh, aggregators still work but for a sporting site it's about the scores so for a cricket score, people do have an app. Yeah, I think mobile apps are good for like trying to get an information very quickly. I mean, if yeah. you want to get the same information, you have to go sit on the desktop and go to a particular website, Google it. But on my app, and it, it uh, I think I also started using the mobile banking app a lot more when I just needed to see my balance, maybe, you know, um, and a lot of the times the actual banking operation was not the important part, but it's just fingerprint and one second I'm inside. And uh, uh, that kind of benefit, I think, is something something that, you know, anyone needs to look into when they're trying to convert in um, from desktop to app. So um, obviously this, uh, you know, the journey only started from 20 to 2009 to 2011. And then, but then, you know, there is long way to go. You, you know, you started getting the VC funding and, you know, everything started expanding. Everything started from one person to sort of become scale up really quickly. And 
there are two aspects of it. One is from the business side. How did you manage the expansion from, you know, of hiring people, of maybe taking an office and all of that? And also from the tech point of view, rather than having just one WordPress with one admin login, you know, you had to then give out admin. Yeah. And- so, yeah, I think in, you know, as as you became popular, and I think the biggest spike came from Facebook in 2012. So our... Uh, strategy uh, of creating Facebook page, different Facebook pages for different sports kind of really, really worked. And uh, I, I can actually say, you know, we were one of the f- first media companies to really leverage Facebook and then everything just, everyone just caught on. Uh, so we had a huge spike in 2012 specifically and our front end started breaking. Uh, because WordPress, when it when it loads a page, it starts loading a lot of plugins, and it's it's not uh, what do you say? It's not made for millions of hits. Uh, so the first thing what we did in 2012, we created a tech team. Uh, the, I think the CTO Veer, you know, he was a friend of mine. He used to help me out here and there. But once he got funding, I got him as a full time CTO. And the first thing he did was he removed the access from my <laughs> myself because I used to also. <laughs> change the code sometimes here and there. And I, I was sloppy, obviously. <laughs> right. So first thing he did on the first day of his office is he removed the access, my access, and then he, he transitioned to an AWS server. Uh, then the first thing that we did was to change the front end to a custom layer. So, so the back end, the CMS was still WordPress for the uh, 2012, 13, I think. And the whole front end uh, was our own custom layer, which was like a, CDN packed, high page speed, very minimum operations, you know, minimum calls to the DB and, uh, and it was lightning fast. And I used to remember, you know, that really helped us in SEO also. Uh, So, yeah, so that was the first step. Uh, So we have transitioned in the, these 13 years, right. From starting on WordPress to a custom media CMS, the backend frontend and a lot of other applications that we have built. So we actually were also decide like thinking two years back that we can get into another business of, you know, leasing our CMS to other media sites. But then we thought, you know, it's a very sporty, it's a very custom made uh, CMS for sports sites and we'll end up, you know, do, creating our own competition. So we didn't want to really do that. So we kind of focused on the media business, but right now sports is one of the few media companies. Uh, I'll say, I think not more than 5% big media houses like sports have their own custom CMS, a huge tech team, you know. So tech has really, really helped SportsGrida, you know, achieve what it has achieved. Uh, So first was obviously the front end. And then we saw that there were a lot of bottlenecks because we were a multi-authored site. Like, I think by 2013, we were publishing around 200 articles a day. And uh, we already had like, I think, 100 uh, different writers logged in uh, 30 different editors logged in and WordPress does support multi-author, but then it was sloppy that time. And we really wanted something very fast and efficient. We really wanted to bake in SEO. So we started working on the backend itself and the whole CMS kind of one by one, like one screen by one screen, we started changing the whole backend itself. Uh, So it it took, I think at least, four, five years for us to completely replace everything from WordPress. And uh, by 2014 or 15, we were all custom code. 
All right. Wow, that's that's quite interesting because yeah, I've I've used WordPress to build. I mean, obviously, I I, I don't have anywhere near the footfall that you have, but I I've never kind of thought about that how you would go to a like a corporate structure from an IT standpoint from from just a uh, WordPress uh, situation because I thought WordPress was really good I mean it has everything I'll, that I need yeah so. I think I'll say that Rome was not built in a day so you can't <laughs> uh, and that's how we did it as in over the five years uh, plug-in by plug-in uh, we've kind of changed and moved out of WordPress I right. think few few of our DB files still will the name will be WP <laughs> underscore something. <laughs> ah, nice. So okay. uh, I I wanted to ask Paros like uh, I mean you change the tech stack, but uh, I mean as you as you progress uh, in sports, there are these uh, spike moments like when there is a World Cup, when there is uh, uh, say Olympics. So there is a spike where a lot of traffic is suddenly coming to your website. So how do you test those situations? Because uh, g- uh, the reason I'm asking this question is because in my company we face this during Black Friday events. So our yeah. e-commerce. No, so I'll I'll yeah. be frank. We uh, Spotify used to break down uh, okay. in uh, 2000. Uh, I think the last breakdown we had was 2016 Olympics when uh, uh, we have won a bronze medal or a gold I think medal Rio Olympics, in right? yeah. Rio Olympics. We won a med- gold medal, right, in badminton. I can't uh, I know it. Was also, yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry that I forgot that, but yeah, uh, 2016 Olympics was the last time we kind of crashed. And, uh, I think still till then our tech really, really became smart that we are able to, uh, really dynamically add a lot of servers or all the, uh, code is really airtight that we are able to manage a lot of spikes. Uh, so we, uh, so I don't have the right number, uh, but we have managed at least, I think 500 K concurrent users on our cricket scores, half a million concurrent users on cricket scores and cricket scores are like time, like tuck, tuck, updated, like every second or even before a second. So doing that for half a million users takes a quite of a toll. Uh, but then we were able to do that. Uh, so yeah, our tech has really advanced in that. Uh, so you will have to scale your tech, really believe in your coders, you know, give them time. And if you have a crack, crack tech team, they will obviously, you know, deliver it. So uh, I think this is, yeah, go ahead. this is actually a very important part to look at. I think any startup business at that time, and even now, when it comes to the initial success and they want to scale up, they really have to, you really have to think about uh, getting help from technology. You really have to know what the latest tech is and how to utilize it best. Uh, and that's what really helps you to sort of scale up your business um, to a I level that it, you can... It needs a lot of leadership skill also because see, in the end, uh, techies are humans, right? You, 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 So we have a really great tech team. I, so I remember, you know, uh, the, the, I'll give you a few uh, stories actually. So Sankalp, who is the current CTO, he was a good friend of mine. He used to make a few, he, he made a few things for me and I was after him, leave TCS and join some startup, you know, make, make some good money, make some, make a history. So I was able to convince him to join us in, I think, 2015. And the first day he joined, he, he didn't join as a CTO, he joined as a senior developer, uh, but he soon became the CTO, I think, two, three years later. And uh, the first day he joined the site crash. And he, and he was like the senior most developer that time. 
you know start up small tech team so <laughs> i said and then he was like he used to try to you know revive a website from a black hole list <laughs> where is the server what's the code <laughs> what do you know on the first day but he was able to do that so i think yeah it was 15 16 there were a lot of time where we we used to code down and i remember the only thing i was able to do is you know go to sankalp's house at at midnight because i just cried at midnight and i'll order a pizza for him and say you know you that's the best i can do and now i'm watching you revive the site <laughs> <laughs> wow that is a interesting story <laughs> on the very first day i mean i've i've started in in many jobs and uh, the first day you have no idea you don't even know you know where your email login is i think but uh, yeah to if you want to really build good uh, employees no just throw them in the fire <laughs> it's like swimming right if you want to learn swimming just throw throw yourself in the water anyways uh, so uh, porish um, uh, one of the things that you mentioned is that you moved to aws now aws is very popular a uh, lot of companies they host their solutions on aws but a lot of times what the people fail to understand is that uh, maintaining aws uh, takes a lot of uh, uh, i mean time and effort but the cost also scales up so as you scale up the uh, servers as you scale up the tech stack and everything uh, because of uh, your load that you're expecting your cost also sa- starts spiking up so you you said that you've optimized the f- websites after 2016 your uh, website didn't crash but then what happened to the cost like how were you able to control the cost side of things because then the cost might be also shooting up as the technology yeah, scaling so so what i've seen over the last 12 13 years right that is it's been very constant that as our traction increases right our efficiency of monetization also increases and the server cost also increases but whatever i've seen ever is like mostly the server cost is like 1 to 2% of our total revenue of the company okay that makes it, sense maybe at max it when it starts hitting 3% i used to you know call the tech team as in this is not done <laughs> so i used to calculate as a percentage of the total revenue of the company and if it's in a percent to percent range i don't think so i think right now sports gear uh, it's a 20 lakh or, or uh, what uh, what do you say a 1 to 2 crore uh, server bill every year and i told you right 120 cr is our what we make okay. so it's still in that range so it never used to hurt me as, as such okay interesting and there there were spikes in between and some wrong configuration and you know uh, one month uh, like the average month average billing is 5 lakhs but one month it came 15 lakhs and then the whole tech team would have been called up and what the hell <laughs> explain <laughs> so uh, uh another thing is that uh, you were the uh, founder and you were the ceo for a very long time you were running the company so you had to d- get the money in to run the business but you also had to uh, decide the strategy where the product is heading towards so like uh, were there a- any points of time where you thought that okay this uh, may not work and we will not break even or we have to shut down the company and then if if that didn't happen then what are the uh, uh, like product strategies that you know so circumstances always used to tell me like this is not working and maybe the company won't work i never said that from my heart from myself i will not let this go down so there were at least three four yeah i'll not let this company fail uh, so there were at least three four instances when the situations were very tough 
but yeah so from my self i said i'll be i'll be there till someone just you know throws me out from the <laughs> but then, so yeah uh, i think go ahead but then uh, the uh, product strategy like okay you started in the blog site now there are a lot so, of sports people uh, yeah, yeah so i'll be fr- i'll be frank uh, you know i always focused more on the tech and product more than I, that i should have done uh, i i'm not saying that i'm not done a lot of focus on content but uh, the first instance when this uh, situation came where you see things looked very sad uh 2013 i guess november uh during my marriage time actually so, <laughs> so uh what we were trying to do we were just focusing on a lot of tech product design and we, we thought you know that is something which is going to bring in a lot of audience but uh frankly our content uh, strategy was out of place uh and i understood you know that now there's no money we had like only a three month runway uh so what i uh, did is actually just you know cut myself off from tech uh and i said that you know let me get the sales strategy and content strategy right uh and also bring down the expenses so in like we had a runway of like we we were like burning 15 lakhs a month and we had like 50 lakhs in the bank so three months right so, so we kind of brought the cost down increase the revenue the burn rate became 5 lakh after 4 months we saw we became actually profitable uh, so you know it it's right you will have to focus on the right uh, domains at the right time uh, so content strategy was a huge focus for me then on and uh, from 2013 14 15 we kind of grew 100% year on year uh, and that was a great time for us Uh, and it was largely on the content strategy backed by the tech so if if you have to build a media company right it has to be content backed by tech and i was kind of doing it the other way around before 2013 tech backed by content that doesn't work as in tech first cannot work in a media company nice nice i mean obviously um you've left the company now but it it i i wonder uh, for a um, company which is which started largely on written uh, content i wonder what the landscape would be now now that we have ai solutions which writes uh, various contents a lot more quicker than uh, than humans uh, what should be i mean if you know say, say for example if you were to start another company um, now uh how would you take into account this uh the technology that we currently have uh, available to everyone in terms of content generation that's a pretty good question i don't think i have the answer really i i know for fact that we spend a lot of money on editing uh, at sports kida i know for a fact that that can brought to be near zero uh editing can be really ai assisted um google uh, has categorically said that they will not allow publishers to publish ai generated content and i have been a bit out of touch uh, and i don't know how good google is right now in detecting ai content because there are a lot of media companies creating ai content right and i am sure a lot of sports kid writers must be you know uh, in the back end using ai to improve their content yes mm-hmm. right uh, so it is very murky waters right now i think for the <laughs> whole publishing industry uh, because controlling 
AI tools is difficult. I don't think Google can understand which are, I, I, it's my personal opinion. I don't think Google can understand which content is AI written or which is not. Obviously, I I don't see a company's, like there might be specific cases, but not all media companies can just go AI content written because you will need human uh, supervision. Uh, AI is not updated on a every second basis on real-time updates what's mm -hmm. happening, right? AI is not crunching, uh, maybe they are, but I don't think AI is crunching press conferences and understanding what's happening with Messi on a real-time basis or what will happen to them. So I don't, I think it's still far, but mm -hmm. it, it, it's gonna, the landscape is going to change like <laughs> anything in the next five years for media companies, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And Spotify right. is actually also already working a lot on AI right now to really yes. improve their processes. This is this is certainly an interesting take because I, I actually totally agree with you. I don't think Google at the moment can 100% detect with like absolute certainty that this is AI and this is not AI. And also, um, I also side with um, AI to use it as a tool. It's not a bad thing to get help from AI and then improving your own content after once you had it edited for grammatical mistakes or spelling mistakes or, you know, just overall editing. But then as long as you have your original content and original ideas about writing about this particular topic, which is niche and, you know, something, maybe a problem the writer has faced in, in their own lives. And that's an original, you know, idea. And then you use AI as a tool to make it better, make it more pleasurable. Yeah, and, and one main point I think is, you know, uh, a media company as large as sports cannot go wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a huge sin at sports. Could I have some, if, if we have written, uh, if we've gone wrong in some information that we have published, because on an average article on sports, could I, you know, get like 15, 20,000 reads. Uh, so this is an average. They'll, there are articles mm -hmm. with millions of reads. And sports, Kida, if we start airing, right, then how are we different from any other company? Yes. And what I've seen is that uh, AI does make a lot of mistakes right now it's just approximate just yeah it just says something which yeah. doesn't have any background at all so uh, and and that is the biggest deterrent i think right now mm -hmm. that any writer can just you know copy from an ai generated article because it's, he'll just lose his job tomorrow <laughs> exactly yeah it's it's just not viable to just completely do a copy paste and also um, people a lot of the times don't always understand that this is a generative algorithm so it it doesn't understand what it's writing it's just you know taking right you know patterns from millions and millions of articles and then spitting out something that a combination of everything but it's not understanding the current situation or the context and what should be in there and it, i've it has it has no skin in the game yes exactly <laughs> <It's just Hidalgo>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there is many many limitations and i think those are where humans can shine and um, um again you know the the question that we've been asking for many years now you know how and you know you're probably a really good person to ask did ai take away any jobs or automation take away any jobs as you were scaling up and i think um you know, you had to probably hire different skills, skilled people, um, then. So I'll, I'll say AI, not really AI. Uh, we, but we always, uh, I'll admit it now, as 
I used to really look at what I can automate tomorrow to, you know, reduce the headcount. Headcount. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, did you did you ever get the headcount low? That's the question. You didn't. Many many times. Many times. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's still actually sports kid. I think I I don't know the exact headcount I left. Uh, it was one twenty. I think it's still at that number. It's we we are pretty uh, good as in the. revenue the per capita income uh, per employee income you can it's pretty good for us so we are a very lean team actually okay so that's interesting yes yes no but uh, what i want to still uh, look at the other side is as you have reduced your uh, uh, workload or automated a lot of stuff and you didn't need that particular skill anymore but you have expanded as a company from one person to 10 person to 120 so overall newer skilled jobs were in fact created that's why you have a bigger team than a 10 person team right with the help of yes yes as, yeah as... definitely so see uh, for us uh, 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 there's a huge engineering team we have we have i think mm. 20 people in engineering and product uh, then a lot of uh, our content see for sports kid each sport is a business so there's a football business head there's a cricket business head there's a wrestling business head and now we also do a lot of video content on snapchat on youtube everywhere right so they have their video teams and uh, so how we have created is that most of the people in content are managers as in they have the pnl responsibility so the cricket uh, business head has the pnl responsibility for cricket then he will have a cricket scores business head a cricket content business head a cricket video business head and those cricket video business heads will also have producers and you know and they basically engage a lot of content writers or content creators uh um, and you know make sure that the operations are done so we don't hire a lot of writers or content creators on roles but then i think we have at least 1000 people on a monthly basis uh on a contract uh on sports kid so they are not full time but they are on a contract so they like content creators Con- okay exactly write or create content or edit So I mean, is 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 it similar to like a business trying to promote something? Say, say I'm Nike. I want to promote a uh, promote my new shoe. I'll hire content creators and I'll ask them to post on Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Uh, is it is it something similar or is it how how's this? I'll different? not say similar. It's uh, not similar that that way uh, because what you're talking about is marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are you are marketing something, right? Marketing something, uh, but using content to market uh, exactly. influencers. Yes. Yeah. For for sports kid, we are not marketing anything. Uh, what we are doing is we are creating the best content at that moment. Like let's say uh, Ashes is going on. Yes. Right. So we are creating the best cricket scorecards, best blogs, best opinion pieces, uh, fastest news. and we are competing with other media companies that instead of uh, consuming the content there they can consume it here, here so yes. can be the best fastest and the best so we are not you we are we, you can say we can marketing content but we are not selling anything so it's very it's very different very different uh, yeah okay yeah. so uh, another thing is that uh, i mean uh, you started as a blog site now more, you are more of a news site and there are so many other platforms so you are ca- you are um, you are fighting for eyeballs like 
people should come to your website to read this particular event about say Tour de France, Formula One, recently the British Grand Prix, Wimbledon is happening. So they should come to your website. So how do you how do you differentiate it? Is it just the writing that's helping you, or is it uh, some other things? Because I've 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 followed Sports Kida's journey, and I've I've seen that you have also interviewed sports people. You have you have you have sponsored events, and you have uh, like uh, interviewed yeah, etc. So you can understand it like this way: uh, a media company can uh, get more eyeballs either through distribution or through destination. So I'll uh, so distribution. I'll get to the di- destination bit. Distribution is when your your article ranks on top in Google, right? Or uh, your uh, social media articles are going viral. or you are integrated with oems on the minus one screen right so that's distribution uh, where if your seo is better your social media technology is or skills are better or your uh, relations with oems are better helps you get the traction uh, the content quality is the second step there right uh, or content quality obviously needs to be great then only you will have you will do do well on google yeah. social media or, or with you will have partnerships with oems so that is a distribution bit and i think sportsfoot did really really well there second is the destination bit where you are marketing yourself as the destination for sports content and users are searching your name and coming for sports kid article right so we uh, were able to do both very well distribution really really well uh, destination i think not as great as a click buzz or a click info uh, but we have our own pockets so during the olympics uh, our uh, traction really far higher than a click buzz or a click info because we did a great job in marketing that the best coverage of olympics is on sports kida so the user can be on google or a facebook or anywhere but he is actually searching for sports or a content to come and so that becomes a destination player right So it, I hope I'm able to. Yeah, 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 that that makes a lot. Yeah, of sense. no, that's very interesting way of looking at it. It's two way. One is you're reaching out, and one is they're reaching out to your content. So, um, in terms of marketing, I mean, when you have become such a, uh, you know, a, a big user base or big sort of. Uh, how does it change from um you know marketing so you know the as you said the distribution bit was in a, probably the first thing to do like when people didn't know about sportskira and you had to distribute your content everywhere um so now i think it's more a uh, powerful destination side because everyone knows and you know you have a like a, a, a repeat visitors etc so how how do you how did you change your marketing strategy based on this change because now you don't have to market for the no, people so, to know about the website but so so rinat we are an expanding business uh, right and there are pockets of sports kid content uh, which are now a destination and we don't need to market them uh, but there are a lot of pockets of sports kid content which are newer and we uh, we are looking at distribution uh, so we started our nfl our nba content few years back only hmm right so so for for them we need to do all the marketing that we can of course yeah so so those ones where you are sort of new in the game of course that needs marketing but you know to give an example coca cola or pepsi everyone knows about them they don't need to do marketing but they still do 
Why, why, why is it that you think that you don't need to do marketing even on the established one? Because no, no, I, I was trying to simplify it. We definitely <laughs> do need to do marketing for every. We can't. Uh, you can because if you, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Became less active. World is competent enough, and they will someone yeah, eat your pie. Yes, yeah, slowly people will forget. It's, a, it's an amnesia. You exactly. forget about yeah, yeah. it very quickly. So you have to innovate the product. You make you make sure that. the audiences that came last time stick to you and you also make sure that you come up with new ways in getting new audiences to consume your content and experience your content uh, or maybe new features that's why we i told i gave you an example right we introduced hindi then we actually also tried with tamil in between so you always need to do an experiment and uh, for me you know when it's a old uh, uh, what do you say saying that uh, you know try uh, 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 basically fail fast fail cheap fail yes. fast so <laughs> try a lot of stuff if you fail don't worry Yeah, that's something. what we used to do. Yeah, you learn something in the process, so it's it's good. Exactly. So, uh, Porush, I mean, with your journey uh, as a sports website in India, did you ever have the ambition of like reaching out in other geographies, like outside India? So yeah, actually, I, I forgot to tell you about that. So, you, and that was a wrestling story I told you, right? Okay. So what happened? I think in 2012 or 13, uh, as I told you, we were always inviting someone wanted to write about wrestling, and we said, why not? uh let's write about wwe and uh, next day we saw that our revenue kind of jumped 20% and there was one article which contributed 20 30% revenue and we saw okay uh the wrestling article got a lot of traffic from us and the revenue per ad impression is 20 to 30 times higher than what we are seeing in india yes right because see uh, the ad revenue rates that you get is based on the per capita income of the country yes i know youtube has the same algorithm so if if you exactly. have more eyeballs from india you'll get less money but if you have right. more eyeballs from us you'll get more money yeah so the next day i just called that writer and said hi how are you <laughs> can we have more articles <laughs> and then we started focusing on wrestling and uh, we we actually are the best wrestling content site from at least 7 8 years uh, so an indian company is actually is a uh, the best wrestling content website in us and it, wow, it's, it's a uh, huge pillar and it, it's a huge pillar for in, our, our revenue so actually currently uh, the 70% traction is indian uh, our revenue is 70% from us <laughs> wow that is that is very interesting how one small factor can make such a big difference in terms of algorithm and stuff like that so would you know i mean i think obviously you know the with the wrestling article that was one event that really pushed you towards it but now are you looking at what other events which are popular in western countries and where there is yeah. a gap yeah so see we kind of uh, really polished our playbook of how to create a business unit a content business unit and uh, largely on the wrestling content side so it's something which is doing really really well a team of 3 i think makes like 30% of sports era revenue as in that content business not 30% i think it's not 30% now but earlier it was so we replicated that whole playbook and we started as i said nfl nba mlb so sports era has all those teams we you know we want to replicate our success in wrestling in other uh, sports in in us 
Okay. Nice, nice. Okay, and uh, Porish, another thing is that uh, I mean, as as you were progressing through your journey, you have all these uh, I mean events that you are sponsoring, and you are also active on social media channels, etc. So, what was your social media strategy? Because you are publishing the content on. Uh, Uh, your uh, main website sportskeeda dot com. Then you are trying to publish that same content and trying to advertise it through Facebook, through Instagram, through YouTube, maybe. So, and I, I, I did see that you did a YouTube podcast series as well, interviewing a lot of uh, athletes. So that was again a thing. So, but how are you trying to? Because a lot of times, uh, I mean, uh, we have been creating podcasts for a while now, and we are trying to figure out, like, okay, create content once. But use it in multiple uh, formats uh, at different locations. So, what was your strategy of like having one article on your website and then using that article to market it everywhere so that people come to you for uh, consuming that content? Yeah, so I think I have really thought about this a lot in my last 12 years. And earlier, I used to focus on only our website, but I think you know uh, the broader way of or better way of thinking it and the current thought i have right now and used it for several years is that you are a content producer yeah right and you are a brand sportskeeda is a content brand which produces a specific type of content and we want and we are a media company you want to make money out of that content right you should really focus where that content really works and it makes money and audiences for you right it doesn't really matter if it's only on your site fair enough so i really wasted a lot of years getting a video player and only publishing videos on sports kira will not do it on youtube because it's not ours doesn't make any sense uh, wherever you are getting traction if you are getting traction on snapchat on reels or on instagram you know wherever you are getting traction and you are getting audience for your content go ahead and publish it and uh, in, in i don't think even even the monetization should come second so so i'll i'll uh, like tangentially just tell you one concept that i have for a content business and you are also into that now if you want to really monetize it or actually get traction right there are three steps to a content business first is your content quality and the content so you know that i have a niche i have great content and i have a lot of content which is unique and no one else has it that is your step one second is traction yeah right don't come to more and third is monetization and everyone has to go in these three steps you know you can't think of monetization before the content or traction before the content or monetization before traction right so a lot of times as in instagram never had monetization now they have yes but we sort of it's a huge uh, platform let us publish it for free let us create millions of users one one maybe one day we are able to monetize it right so as a content producer you should always think in these three steps like is my content great second where am i getting traction right and third is that okay now i am getting traction can how can i monetize it we should not confuse any of the three and yeah, ask any it should other, be any in the right order in this order exactly. yeah exactly. you can't monetize when you don't have people to to consume your content and, of course yeah and sometimes you will not monetize it mm-hmm. uh, that's how internet is isn't i 
Twitter is very difficult to monetize, I think. Right. So, but mm. but it's still building your audience. It, Some, it is because audience. because of your Twitter, you might get your YouTube video viral one day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, another thing now I wanted to focus on is COVID. So during COVID, a lot of sports uh, events were cancelled. So how were you coping during that situation? Because you were still the CEO running. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that really helped. Frankly, it helped. So I think uh, 2017 to 920, we were kind of uh, not really growing at a huge pace. Uh, because we, we had taken up a lot of projects which we were trying. We were not, which, which were not the core competency of the company, but we were trying to build new features, new products, and uh, we were kind of, you know, not really, really focusing on the core competency. Uh, COVID came, and then there was the news that you know, for the next six months or maybe a year, you will not have any sporting action. <laughs> it's very I disheartening. Know. Even Olympics got postponed. <laughs> Yes. It was very disheartening for a sports content company, right? And we said, okay, uh, uh, tough times, we need to have tough measures. And we actually kind of shut down everything which was not a core competency for us, which we uh, knew is anyways might not work and we can experiment. If we really want to do this experiment, we can do it after two years. So uh, that period kind of helped us focus on our core competency and uh, even the playbook that we had you know we were able to like because we had a lot of time at our homes right so we were able to create that playbook is in what works what doesn't work at sports data and uh, you know some some and these these incidents on a company actually help so this happened in 2013 i kind of mentioned that you know when uh, things were tough and I had to cut down the company a bit right? and I had to lay off also in 2013. Um, but this also helped because, you know, we were able to focus on the core competency. So Sportskira's revenue kind of became like for a few months, it became 30% of what it was on a oh. average monthly basis. And then in the next six months, it was twice of what our average was. <laughs> Right? So what changed? Because what changed? I mean, uh, of course, you said that it was good for the company. You were focusing more, but uh, sporting events were still not happening. So what changed? Were you trying to market your existing content more uh, because you are not able to get new content? So I, I think uh, it's a few. One was that because we were focusing only on core competency, we were actually able to produce and automate a lot of stuff again, produce better content at a faster rate. Second, even the consumption, because everyone was at home, right? Consumption also was, in internet's consumption increased, yeah. right? Everyone knows that. Uh, so most of, many media companies actually saw a jump. But our jump was even higher because you were producing even far better content at a higher speed. Uh, because we said, okay, let let us, you know, uh, just demand, dismantle everything which is not really core sports kida and just focus on our... Uh, playbook that we have and okay. uh, i'll uh, i think our uh, writers also became more efficient because there, there was no office we became a remote company in like a click right and uh, all all we had to do is you know we obviously all, always trusted them but now the relationship was more that sportscara needs this and this is your salary and a lot of 
uh, what do you say, the talks in between and everything kind of went off because we were remote. So in that way, though it's cruel, but I think uh, it it really helped uh, clear out the employer uh, relationship in that way. I I feel. So now, are you moving back to like your? Asking- no. So so because COVID and after the COVID, we actually started our uh, revenue increase hundred percent year on year for the next, last three years actually. So the remote culture just suits us like anything. <laughs> so we we actually are a remote company now. So we have like four people, CXO level people. They do uh, meet in the office, uh, but it's not compulsory to for anyone. And no one comes to the office unless it's a um, annual meeting or a, something. We want someone like the team wants to come to Bangalore and meet them. Uh, now we don't even ask, you know, where that person is. Right. Yeah. That is that is the future. Actually, I've I've heard this from many other leaders in their in industry that yeah it it just suits so much better and think, this is uh, also yeah uh, i think i just wanted to mention wordpress uh, is owned by automatic and automatic itself is remote first it is completely a remote only organization uh, so yeah it is it is quite fascinating gitlab yeah. is completely remote yeah actually uh, our tech team always wanted like our cto always was asking me earlier also before covid that let's let's try remote and i said i cannot do that because the other team other teams you know content marketing sales seo you know i can't just make everyone remote maybe tech might work remote uh, but now that, that's a huge revelation everything can work remote <laughs> <laughs> wow that is that is that is a good good um, sort of insight to hear from you in terms of uh, this work culture and now obviously the relationship is more of an output based rather than time based we don't care where you are and how much time but we just need this output as long as that is there and that's a lot more sort of honest um, sort of interaction rather than uh, before it was um, and this is what a lot of offices are also a lot of companies are saying as well that it's yeah, a you know I, actually i i learned it the hard way as in uh, when we had an office uh, we we had an hr i we hired people and i was young right and when we got funding i was like 25 the first funding in 2011 um i used to really really work hard on each and every hire uh, like really take a lot of interviews, hire the best person, meet him in person a lot, you know, tell him about sports, Kira. Uh, I used to get emotional with that person and it was not good. It was not healthy because then I'll, uh, maybe sometimes I'll micromanage, you know, so if, and if he's leaving for a better opportunity, I'll get emotional again. <laughs> right. And, and then the hard way I learned it isn't, doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. So I am, I am doing all this for a profit, right? I am obviously there's a we are yes. looking to promote sports in India, and there's uh, things that are altruistic. But in the end, it is still a business. Mm-hmm. is a for-profit company, and that person is also working for profit. Absolutely. And he will do the if he's giving getting more profit somewhere else. Then he yes. go right. He doesn't have any emotional connection with the company, and he should not. Like he should. For the work, you should you, you one, one should really work, love your skills and your work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the end, it's a commercial uh, agreement. Yes. So I think it took me a few years for learning that. And I think after four or five years, fewer employees were emotionally connected and they used to say, okay, I'm Polish. I think I've got a better opportunity. I said, okay. <laughs> and they were like, shock, okay. <laughs> Polish, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah i think i think you you become detached over a period of time you, when you're young you're emotional but as you as you gain experience you see that okay this is part of life people will come Correct. people will go the company should work so uh, porish uh, one question from me is uh, regarding live streaming uh, did uh, sports kid ever think about live streaming any sports event and did you actually do it we have we had we did one few in facebook but they were like small experiments uh, live streaming uh, was an ambitious project that i wanted i was exploring uh, but uh, it's uh, a different business altogether uh, it's it's an expensive business it is an expensive right? business so something yeah. something really which matters which gets a lot of eyeballs in india uh, it is very costly you, you have yeah. to yeah. fight for the rights on bcci and Fair uh, but that's just cricket i mean you can do live streaming of say badminton or say wrestling we can we can but then monetizing them is altogether a very different ball game Fair and enough. then the setup cost is still the same right now streaming is really really solved i think yeah. uh, because there are many ott players but i think in 16 17 18 when i was trying still it was pretty expensive and to get the whole business uh, making sense it didn't work out for me and then were always different business priorities okay and then uh, from a news platform uh, i mean was the focus ever on selling merchandise uh, sports kida branded merchandise and other stuff as well because that's how you create a brand and sports kida the word itself means you are crazy about sports so if your fans are yeah. sports did you ever think about like monetizing mm-hmm. that part as well um Uh, frankly i don't think we became a brand at that scale that uh, people will buy that much merchandise maybe for our olympic coverage or few niches that we have created and people really love us for that uh, but i don't think even a crick in for a crick bus sells their own merchandise yeah, yeah. okay right uh, we did try uh, selling football t-shirts cricket t-shirts as in designed uh, t-shirts in 2014 uh but then i understood you know even at a 20 lakh per month sale the profit were very very minimal uh, at that time the indian customers are very demanding cod and everything uh, there was a very very funny incident was during the 2014 world cup right so we had few t-shirts designed uh, on e- england football team uh and we had a huge orders that time as in our business grew like 3 4 times in the, that month because of the fifa world cup uh so the person who was printing and delivering the t-shirt for us we were not able to handle so much so we had a lot of uh, orders from for english football team uh, those designer t-shirts by the time he was delivering it english team was out <laughs> and we got we got, we, we got everything returned to us and oh. we had like a 200 <laughs> t-shirts at our office <laughs> Yeah, I, I, what I understood is that you know it's a very different uh, business altogether, and if I have to do that, you know, then I'm running an e-commerce company e-commerce. and a media company together, and I think you know, let us stick to one and do one better, uh, do one really, really better than trying to sail in two boats. That's a, that's a definitely a good strategy, I think. Wow, that's a, that was this was a really good insightful conversation Parash. Thank you very much for giving yeah. the insight and um giving us, you know, your views on so many different things. I'm sure our audience really did enjoy it and uh, it definitely is a conversation to sort of 
keep coming back to as uh, as you know i'm i'm sure within our audience there are potential aspiring entrepreneurs who wants to uh, sort of set up their own business and your journey would really inspire a lot of people i think and uh, we hope yeah we- i'll 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 say if i can do it anyone can do it <laughs> Great. Yes. No, that is a really modest way to look at it. But no, absolutely. That's the message we want to give out. Is there anything else you want to um, um, add or uh, talk about before we uh, finish the call about Sports Kira and your journey? No, not not really. I think I've covered a lot. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks so much for uh, joining Parish uh, today. It was really thanks. Uh, thanks, uh, Amit. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Amit. Thanks, Rina. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, okay. everyone. Cheers. Yeah. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye, Parish.